suck my dock suck my dock suck my dock <laughs> let's make sure everything is recording at the right goddamn volume <laughs> is it recording not yet um, it is now. Hi everyone and welcome to Suck My Doc. This is a documentary podcast. It's a podcast where we discuss documentaries and by we, I mean me, Gabby, and... Me, Colin. We're just a couple documentary fans talking about our favorite two docs every week. Over a glass of wine or right, beer. Right now it's beer o'clock at it's, the old Blair house. It is beer o'clock. If you want to join in, you can grab a bottle. We're not giving them an ad. No, what, what are you doing? <laughs> grab, you grab something that you like. <laughs> exactly. But today we'll be discussing two new documentaries. Well, they're, I mean, I don't know how new they are, but they're new to the podcast. They're new to us. And they are extremes. Extreme. How do you no, pronounce e it? Extremists. Why is it so hard for you? Because it's like a Latin word. It's like the Latin word. So. Oh, you studied Latin. I know, but it's okay. Extremists <laughs> and best of enemies. Hmm. So we got those two coming up. Coming up. But first, a little bit of an update. Because well, you hmm. know, last week we or two weeks ago we talked about the thirteenth. Mm -hmm. And we right. keep talking about the 13th. I know, podcast. it keeps coming up. It's everyday life now. Yeah. If you turn on the news. Um, but I'm deep in a real, real bad way into this podcast called Presidential. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've heard about this. I think I've heard about it. Yeah, for those who don't know, um, this is a documentary podcast, but, you know, we'll talk about a podcast. Like a professional documentary <laughs> yeah. podcast? Okay. No, ours is... <laughs> but they are doing Washington Post did this thing last year I'm a bit late to it where they talked about every single they did an episode per president heading heading into the six, 2016 election oh okay and they do a profile on every single president and which to me sounds boring as all fuck and I would have like totally if someone said hey listen to this thing about presidents I'd be like why don't you shove it up your ass don't talk to me mm -hmm. don't even look at me ever again don't even come near me, Dad. You know, if somebody if somebody like recommended that, I wouldn't want to do it. That being said, I wonder who that was, but okay. I entertained it, and it is so worth it if you get a chance. It they oh, basically okay. give you the kind of human story behind each president, and you really get a sense of who they are. And the woman who does it is really really great. So, but what the thing that it really does in light of us talking about the thirteenth, hmm. right? Mm -hmm was like for me it showed me the it put that movie in the context of you know the beginning of the presidency how the issues the current presidency or no just the the american presidency oh okay since its beginning mm -hmm. you know with washington put those issues that they address in the 13th you know of you know black people having freedom mm -hmm. and not being and it's like time stopped and never moved right i mean it it tell you really see the sort of birth of those issues and then how they're not being addressed still by every single president and how malleable people's platform is when it comes to race mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. because until barack obama right we didn't have a black president so there was only you only had like white presidents who sometimes occasionally less often than not were pro civil rights right yeah that's the best you could hope for mm -hmm. if you're wanting that is some guy who's kind of you know saying it but it's like he's not living it yeah and he's not directly affected by it but even under Barack, i mean it was obviously an image change but it wasn't like a deep core you know no but i'm saying he has a personal he has a personal relationship with 
a personal experience with race yeah as a black man in america yeah no one else who was president ever had one Mm -hmm. the best you could hope for was occasionally very rarely there was a president who actually you know cared but it still wasn't as personal yeah as an experience he was bringing to the table right yeah so that being said it, it this podcast for me really showed me how like from their point of view because it's it's nice because they actually on the podcast like tie in because like we've heard these some of these history you know some of these memoirs before about these people yeah but it kind of says or you maybe you've heard about what happened under their presidency but you often they don't tell you well, what was race like mm-hmm. what was the race issue in 1860 or or even before like when when you know during slavery you know we kind of wash over that and go well there was slavery then and but no there were still people who didn't want slavery yeah from the beginning they were you know? fighting it and where was your president on that then mm-hmm. you know or when where was the person who was about to run for president mm-hmm. um, so it's really interesting to find that out yeah and to kind of like hold it. these people accountable accountable retroactively mm-hmm. but that being said i was just i could see i could just hear listening to this how like if you were a black person living in America, you were just going like, when the fuck is anybody gonna give a fuck? Mm-hmm. Or when are the, like, you, you must have been disappointed at every fucking, you know, like, sure, cause yeah. they, they go and throw these platforms out there and and, and the, the institution of slavery is abomination and blah, 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 blah. They say that and, and if you're affected by that, you know, or mm-hmm. just have a soul, you're hearing that and going like, Oh my God! Thank you, please. So you're gonna do something? You're yeah. gonna do something about that? No. And then they never do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was too controversial to do something about it. The reason this resonated with me, for I mean, it resonated with me for a lot of reasons, but one being that, like, you know, in this last election, everybody kept saying, like, why did the people of Michigan not vote for Clinton? You know, mm-hmm. why why would they not vote for her? You know. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I myself, you know, like, there was an election after the election, right? There was this runoff election down in Louisiana. And um, this Which guy... Which reminds me, actually, sorry, we have to see the Michael Moore documentary. The Trump one? Yeah. We, yeah. We have to. Yeah, we Just definitely will. Just because he makes such a point yeah. about that. And he addressed, yeah, he totally addressed that mm-hmm. exact issue. Um, so there was a runoff election, and I volunteered to to make phone calls for the Democrat running. Mm -hmm. And I was calling lots of people and I got lots of people on the phone and I ended up talking to some of them and everything. And it was amazing how many African-American people were just like, either they didn't want to vote or they were just tired of it, they weren't interested, or not many, I I only think a couple said they were going to vote for the Republican Mm -hmm. that I spoke to. But many of them were either just sick of it, didn't, weren't sure they were going to, it was, for them, it was a choice between voting and not voting. Yeah. You know, they definitely weren't going to vote for the Republican, but they're like, and even me and my white ignorance was like, partly was like, why though? I mean, he's got to be better than the other guy, you know? Yeah. But that's my ignorance because like... On a na- I mean, look, on a national level, you know, black people have been used politically, and and people haven't really put their put their money where their mouth was, you know, mm-hmm. at rarely, you know, and then let alone on a local level in Louisiana, you know, mm-hmm. so I can totally imagine, given that, given the decades of presidents saying shit and not doing shit, exactly. I would be like, fuck this. Like, totally. all the progress has come from the community, from their own activism and, yep. and the hard work. Why the fuck am I going to lend my shit to you? Exactly. So you can get elected when you don't do shit? Exactly. And I have even heard some NPR interviews about this, you know, with just regular people who are Republicans, you know, and I totally see their point. I mean, even though I don't agree with it, obviously, I see it. I, they They go... Well, you know, this president is actually doing what he said he will do, unlike all these other presidents before him, yeah. you know? And it's, yeah, it's such an important thing. Like, if you if you don't keep your promises, first of all, you're just 
trashing the whole institution of presidency right you know you're, you're you're making people not trusted you're making people to see you as like another superstar or just another you know tabloid person or whatever yeah you know and it just makes it it delegitimizes the whole thing yeah it does and there and especially when they see like i'm uh, sorry but this is one of the things that bothered me about the, the whole campaign and even obama was like friends with freaking Beyonce and whatever and like Hillary Clinton was like again you know taking selfies with Kardashians and things like that it's like this is the sort of stuff that a president shouldn't do I'm sorry I I really don't agree with things like that I know well it's interesting you say that because that definitely ties in to the movie I watched this week Oh, okay. Which was uh, Best of Enemies. Oh, then you should start talking about it. Because it's, it's the total... Ins- I realize it's the exact inception of this... Well, let's not say it was not the inception. I learned that from Presidential, actually, mm-hmm. that this the whole map on how to run for president has been in place. I thought it was just during my lifetime that this whole celebrity thing happened. Mm-hmm. No, it actually starts way before that. But we'll get to that in a second. First, I wanted to say that we... Have a Facebook page now. Oh, right. That's right. So we do. if you want to continue uh, this discussion, please go to our Facebook page. It's, you know, mm-hmm. suck my doc on yeah. Facebook. Leave us comments, suggestions, we'll be, anything yeah. you, you know, Any kind hate of comments. You sure. Know. Troll. Troll. Troll your, we to your heart's trolls. content. Yeah. <laughs> just crawl out of that bridge, from under that bridge, you know, log into Wi-Fi and just start trolling. Come on over. You're welcome. Yeah. We love trolls. So you can find us on uh, Suck My Doc on Facebook. Um, and with that being said, should we start? You should start because our conversation tied perfectly into your... Yes. So like I was saying, um, this whole idea of how to run for president, the, the kissing the Kardashian, right? Mm-hmm. The doing the Trump speech. The kissing the, you know, Kardashian. The, the, all that shit. <laughs> like getting out on the airwaves. Like how, how do you... Um, Aligning with certain sort of power dynamics within the country, all this stuff. Um, like I said, that podcast, I mean, I'm just plugging, you know, basically this podcast can, today is just going to be me <laughs> regurgitating stuff from the presidential. But yeah, like, that, that really shows you the inception. But that being said, what in my film this week, Best of Enemies, you see the, the political punditry the inception of political punditry mm-hmm. as we know it the you know the news show with the split screen one guy yelling two white guys generally yelling at each other you with mean the jowls. debate no um like maybe you should no, just give uh, just a little cable summary news. oh okay. okay like cable modern cable news you know okay so let's, let's start from the beginning just give me a little log line what is this all about right so that's what i'm going to tell you okay. is that what we know as modern cable punditry, right? Two uh-huh. guys split screen yelling at each other, jowls flapping, spitting, old whiteness flowing. Uh-huh. That began with two guys, one named Gore Vidal mm-hmm. and the other William Buckley. Hmm. I believe it's William Buckley. Let me get the name right. Uh, what are they like news James folks? James Buckley William Buckley let's find out Gore Vidal I've heard that name William and... Buckley did I say William yeah yeah you did William Buckley yeah these two guys so they are both um, the the like I said the documentary is called best of enemies they are both at the time this took place or I mean the 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 point of this show or this documentary is kind of revolves around them debating in the 1960, the run-up to the 1968 election, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Gore Vidal was, was a writer. He wrote fiction, but he also was, like, a political kind of uh, intellectual on the left. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, William Buckley was uh, editor for the National Review, I believe is the name of the magazine. It's a conservative magazine mm-hmm. at the time. And it was sort of, it was like kind of building this intellectual platform for conservatism, you know, mm-hmm. that I don't even know if that really exists today. If it does, it's, <laughs> you know, now it's just all, I mean, politics in general has it's just kind of... Fox News. Well, I think on both sides, it's just kind of, you know, 
decomposed into this pile of trash. But yeah. um, at the time, he was sort of this uh, purveyor and conservative thought, and he was editor of this, I guess, somewhat popular magazine. I, I guess it was very popular in the National Review. Anyways, so you get a sense of the context of this movie was like, at this time, news... There was no business in the news. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, business in the sense of TV news, you know? Yeah. There's newspapers and stuff like that. News and entertainment. News was more like like an afterthought in terms of TV, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, news networks had their their lineup Mm -hmm. of shows and stuff, and almost as like a public service, they had a news, you know? Mm -hmm. And the thing was, it allowed for a course. You know somewhat of a course of debate because we're all agreeing on the same set of facts yeah right we're not dis- we're not we're not disputing the facts we're just discussing an opinion on the facts right yeah that had been what was going on from the beginning of television in terms of news mm-hmm. then leading up to this debate uh Leading up to this election, rather, you mm-hmm. know, there's the two conventions. There's the D- Republican and there's the Democrat. You yeah. Know? Now, at this time, like, 1968 was like a fucking powder keg about to explode. Mm. Like, yeah. it just, the country was in fuck all mess, you yeah. know? You got Vietnam. You've got fucking civil unrest in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got... Uh, Obviously, still civil rights, a huge, huge issue. Yeah. Um, you've just got this generational, just total, you know, separation. And it's really yeah. interesting because it's some, in many ways, it's like now. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, young people did not see themselves represented. Yeah. And you have this old, you know, cl- this old kind of dated... And pro liter- war. Pro war. And literally yeah. the fucking the fucking slogan, I think it was Nixon that was running when he's like, we need law and order in this country. Mm-hmm. He says the same shit Trump said. Like, yeah. law and order. Like, when are we going to get law and order? Yeah, like, we need to keep keep baddies out. They say the <laughs> same, like, they, they, the documentary is brilliant. And we should say, I always forget to say this. Spoiler alert, if you want to oh, see this. That's right. Um... Yeah. But hopefully this will entice you to see it. But I obviously I'm gonna I'm going I'm you're about to hear me explain the fucking documentary. Yeah. But um I'm just gonna give a quick kind of overview and then we can discuss what it's about. But I I, I want to give you context because if I just say oh two guys are arguing about you know politics. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you're like wow I really want to watch more of that. Yeah exactly. But I think when you understand like what. The context around it is what makes it so fascinating Mm -hmm. and so relevant now, you know? Yeah. So, 1968, shit's popping off. It's bad news. And they, like, literally, the fucking convention is, like, uh, like a fucking castle. Like, they've they've armed the whole thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's happening in this convention center, but it's, like, there's armed troops around. They're, like, because there's so many protests that they're, like... It turned into just full-on riot at some point, you know? Um, this was the Republican. I mean, there was protests of both, but it starts with the Republican one. So anyways, as a way to kind of get the ratings up, because ABC was a news station at the time, they were like, they weren't really competing. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to kind of distinguish themselves. They were like, let's get two guys with jowls flapping and whiteness flowing. Oh, come on. They were pretty young, them. though, right? Or no? These two guys? Yeah. No. No? Oh. No, these were these were like sort of seasoned intellectuals of the time, oh, okay. and so they were like, you know, William Buckley. Um, what was interesting is that they're both kind of similar backgrounds in the sense of like, you know, kind of old moneyish New York, uh, mm. kind of boarding school education right. type people. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. But couldn't be more diametrically opposed ideologically. Like, Gore Vidal wrote this. Uh, uh, what's the fucking name of it? I don't know. He wrote this very kind of uh, provocative novel about like a trans, a, a woman who becomes a man, like transgender. It was it was really kind of 
touching on like the um you know and that's new stuff. sexuality and stuff like yeah. that um and just the sexual revolution and everything at the time so it, it was like the most ideologically opposite view of this other guy who was mm-hmm. all about America should be, you know, white, relig- Christian, yeah. moral values, and all this kind of stuff. But what's interesting about them both is, like, that's different from now, is they were very eloquent speakers. They had a great use of vocabulary. They had a great, words of the lang- great use of the language. Mm-hmm. They sort of tore each other down in a very, like, technically technical and, like, well executed way Mm -hmm. so you kind of enjoyed the ride you know like it's not just going like you're wrong dan i don't believe you know it's it's, it's like it's more like well if you all the and they have this kind of lofty way of speaking (laughs) yeah well if you were a cabbage then yes maybe your brain would fall outside i mean you're in your own like what does (laughs) that mean like you're trying to you know like Mm -hmm. so it's it's entertaining to watch them so these they so abc in order to get viewers they um they scheduled they're like let's get these two guys to go head and head and you know and debate and they show the debates and they are very interesting and they go like hard at each other you know mm-hmm. but like i said they're both very lofty intellectual types and and it gets personal like they they that's what i was struck by i was like i was like oh well maybe we're going to see people actually uh, you know maybe as opposed to now they're going to talk about the issues yeah <laughs> It was the opposite. They were fucking tearing each other down the whole time. Like, yeah. it was all about how each other was... And you realize it was a fucking ego. Of course. Like, it wasn't about... about the ego. And you... So Who's I saw... smarter? Who has the bigger dick? Oh, all that. it was all that. And I realized it was... Like, it was the birth of so many things. Mm-hmm. It was the birth of, like, elite discussing the problems of real people mm-hmm. you know because right. you could see how gore vidal even though i agree might agree with something that he says i don't know that he's experiencing yeah. what he's talking about you know he's like so he lives in like italy in this writer's seclusion and everything and like so it's more of an intellectual episode uh, you know exercise for him yeah definitely. and the same with the other guy yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And and that hasn't changed. We still are represented no. by people who aren't everyday people. Yeah. And like how the fuck is that possible? I mean <clears throat> Bill Maher. <clears throat> yeah, I mean exactly. Like I don't <laughs> like how is that still possible? You know? And I guess it's because you have to cozy up to some sort of power structure in the media. I don't know. But um anyways, so these things were a big hit. People, people tuned in because they want to see fucking drama, mm-hmm. you know? And the do- documentary really explores, like, what about these people, which is, I think, what makes it a really good documentary. Yeah. You know, William Buckley as a person, Gore Vidal as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it about them that kind of, what, what were the kind of baggage were they bringing to this fight? And because it really explodes at one point... And Let me guess they had some personal issues going on behind the scenes with each other, or... Not really. No? I mean, they, they kind of kept to themselves, but they both hated each other to the fucking bitter end. Because of the debate, or... Yeah. They had something before that. Okay. Well, because both of them, in a way, were ended up being defined by... The, and, I'm, and I'm only... The only reason I'm, I'm kind of holding this back for anybody who wants to watch it... Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, because it kind of escalates to something that's very interesting, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't want to like, you know, just blow. Yeah, it. there's but, no point. Yeah. But I will say it's just like they both put, kind of end up becoming defined by something that happens mm-hmm. in this debate, and you see that they both kind of took it to the fucking grave, man. Like, well, at least the Gore Vidal did. He that fucker didn't like. He didn't let it go, <laughs> man. His name is Gore. So. Like he's straight up at the. Like, end of his life, like, when he found out William Buckley died, okay. he was like, uh, well, I'm glad he can, uh, he, I'm glad he'll be in the company of all the people he's been serving now. <laughs> wow. And the guy's like 70 at this point. I cannot let it go. I'm like, fuck, dude, let it oh go, man. God. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty gnarly. That's amazing. It's a good documentary. I, I really enjoyed it. That you know, sounds good. It sounds interesting. If you've seen the movie Frost Nixon, 
um, which is a great movie. It's kind of like that in a, it's sort of like you, ex- you extrapolate this whole hour and a half feature film mm-hmm. from just a set of interviews, mm-hmm. you know, but they do a really great job of like establishing the stakes and the context and, and the importance. Right. So it's, if you like that movie, I think you'll like this documentary. It's yeah. really good. And, um, but yeah, it was, and I, and I was really compelled by the, the characters and, and I like I really do enjoy it. I mean, look, I mean, obviously, if you've heard me speak for 10 minutes, you realize, like, I'm a pretty left-leaning person. I'm a very, you know, liberal mm-hmm. person. But I'm a humanist above everything, and I don't like... I like when seeing... You know, I grew up in Texas. I'm, you know, I grew up in a very conservative place mm-hmm. around tons of conservative people. I have lots of conservative friends. And I don't like when people characterize conservative people as stupid racist all this other stuff you can talk about policies Mm -hmm. you know you can talk about politicians yeah but i i I don't like resulting i don't like sort of demonizing just everyday people you know yeah um you can say they're ill-informed or maybe don't know something that you don't know or whatever but like that's your opinion, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I do like it when people get down to the human element mm-hmm. and they say, well, what about this person led them to believe this, you know, yeah. and I think yeah. that's way more interesting so and because there is, we have so much in common and I think mm-hmm. that was what I found really interesting about this documentary too, is it really shows how these guys are diametrically, how you can be so diametrically opposed to somebody ideologically mm-hmm. but personality be the same fucking person. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And man they, personality wise, were very, very similar. Okay. Yeah, if they uh, they were the opposite sex or something they would probably end up in bed. Well, even that's kind of touched on. I oh, mean, really? they, they, they didn't, they didn't. <laughs> there was like a steamy sexual attraction <laughs> no but it on. goes into like even their se- their sexuality and like like they were like fluid or what no well i mean i think gore vidal was i mean with a name again yeah but um <laughs> but no it just kind of yeah it, it touches on their views of sexuality and, and it's very very interesting um, yeah it really sounds interesting I think it's a really good um you know i had seen some stuff about william buckley before mm-hmm. um and I mean, when I when I hear his opinions mm-hmm. on the world and you know his politics, I'm like, ugh, like it's like I couldn't disagree more, you know. Right. But the fa- he had a TV show for a while, mm-hmm. and you can find these on YouTube, these clips. Yeah. Um, where he has guests on, and I thought the way that he treated his guests, and the guests he chose to, you know, because when do you when do you ever see fucking Mike Huckabee sit down with, I don't know, like Banksy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. When, when do you see uh, Mike Pence sit down with uh, Peaches, That's, you know? Yeah, I'd like, like to see that. You know, but William Buckley sat down with uh, Alan, Ging- what's his name, Alan Ginsberg? Mm-hmm. You know, he had him on. He had Noam Chomsky on his show. He had, and he would sit there and and he would he would put his ideas up against theirs. Yeah, well, he was intellectually capable of doing that. Mike Pence isn't, and all these other people aren't. So, of course, yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't put themselves in that situation. But even conservative commentators, I mean, I guess sometimes they do. But I mean, they you know, I don't, I'm not it. trying to just try to. Say, legitimize punditry because that's what ended up happening because yeah. of all this because this was the, the, the people the saw the ratings and then they just ran off and now it's like two people mm-hmm. yelling at each other split screen that's all you're going to ever see until the end of fucking time yeah um, but I just I was t- I was struck by his ability to put his ideas up against theirs to hear the other side at one point it was really interesting Alan Ginsberg um set recites a poem mm-hmm. to him and it's this really really great amazing poem and it's really like visual i mean you know the way he wrote poetry which was visual mm-hmm. it had a rhythm had song had everything eloquence had a world it had emotion all of it mm-hmm. 
And you see William Buckley able to sit there and appreciate it, appreciate it and to yeah. hear it and to see the value in it. Even though this person's lifestyle maybe not agree, doesn't agree with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought like that, those moments are really special because it, it disarms somebody who's maybe, you know, ideologically different than Allen Ginsberg or, you know, aligned with w- William Buckley. Mm-hmm to say it's okay it's okay to hear that it's okay to 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 be appreciate art yeah you know i'm not i'm not giving up anything by being you know yeah and and then at the same time it's it's maybe humanizing buckley for people who were fans of ginsburg you know so i don't know i just i thought moments like that and creating moments like that are are could be really valuable right now instead of this kind of punditry you know but um so it was really interesting and uh, it's a shame that it's devolved since then to such a degree, mm-hmm. but uh, it's kind of fascinating. I mean, it, it probably is helpful in the end to know where it came from. Yeah, I think it is, for where, sure. Where this started, because uh, I did not know that. Yeah, me neither. I didn't know where all this began. I, I, mm-hmm. I, was, I was struck by the fact that this was so, like, from the beginning, I, I was like, you know, I knew there was news. You know, I mean, I knew, I knew there was... Mm-hmm. You know, TV stations trying to get ratings and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but you wouldn't think there was a specific dynamic that started all. Yeah. yeah, and I wasn't as I wasn't because these things are happening in the backdrop of two, you know, the Republican and the uh, Democratic conventions. Mm-hmm. I was like, not I, I didn't realize how to what a degree those are those are still the same shitty fucking you know celeb fest you know yeah ratings showcase of you know, backwards sideshow circus fuck, you know, that yeah. they are, you know? Yeah. Uh, they were there back then. Yeah. They've probably been like that for hundreds of years now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's no, it's no, you know, surprise that it's the way it is now. Right. We're just at the fucking end of, you know, to the nth degree. Because you also realize that, because like I said, it escalates to a point. Mm-hmm. That's super not good for TV, not safe for TV, not you know. Yeah. That's super like, oh, it got real. Yeah. We're not debating anymore, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm and it just I had this like flashback of that Trump Hillary debate where it just was like, ugh. Yeah, it was so personal attacks and just like. Yeah, and him just, and just like you're seeing the veneer come off, and he's just this monster, you know. Yeah this like predator and you're just like and it's like the whole world is watching this mm-hmm. and you're not ashamed of what you're saying yeah you're gonna arrest her and all that stuff like you're like what mm-hmm. you know yeah and we were talking about you talking about grabbing a pussy mm-hmm. you know like we're all listening to you say it was okay like yeah this is happening right now and and it was like it was reminding me of this moment with him in this documentary with between the two of these guys mm-hmm and how it's just like we just jump over the discussion of what just really happened into like, wow, can you believe how that was? You know, it's like, yeah. No, what we should be talking about is why is this happening and how can we not have this happen? Yeah, no, people just love this. And this spectacle. is disgusting. Yeah. But right. it's like, no, we're just into the next thing, you know? Yeah, like you said, it's that sideshow element that people enjoy, have always enjoyed. And, like, this year, I mean, this election that we just had was the perfect example, you know. People were just treating it like the biggest show on the planet, you know. And they were delivering, you know. Yeah. And it's like, hey, asshole, you realize these two people in the show, like, one of them's going to run the country. Yeah. Like, why don't we focus on that? And affect This isn't a show for you, you know. Yep. It is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Well, what I get, what I'm learn, slowly learning is that this has unfortunately been a part of the country since the beginning. So, yeah. but obviously we need to do something about it. But uh, this documentary was very um, informative in that way, and I enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed you talking about it because. And I would definitely suck this doc. You will. Yeah. Okay. I would. I would. That's that's my review. I would definitely suck that doc. Okay, I'll hold you to it. Yeah, maybe that can be like our version of you know, 
four stars or whatever. <laughs> if you know? you'll suck it or not suck it. Yeah, would okay. you or would you not? And I would definitely suck that dock. All right, all right, okay. And on that cheery note, we'll now go to Gabriella. <laughs> You'd be surprised, but your documentary and your whole commentary was extremely <laughs> uplifting compared to what's coming. Oh God, <laughs> buckle in folks, grab that beer. <laughs> Take a shot. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't want to bring people down, but I did watch a very, very emotional piece of art, uh, which is one of the documentaries, short documentaries that were nominated, I think, a year ago for the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And it's on Netflix right now. I think they just edited it on Netflix. Uh, it's called Extremis, and yeah, I think it is the Latin word for for extreme. extreme yeah. yeah, I think it is. I mean, I I wouldn't bet on it. I would have to check on that, but mm -hmm. you know, everybody has Google, so. Would you like me to? Um, no, consult? no, I, I would okay. like people to learn to use Google. Okay, because at any uh, point you can um, call in the Google card. I, I, could, I could, but uh, I trust that, you know, people are grown-ups and, you know, can handle their own. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's basically a documentary about, I mean, and I know this is like your favorite topic in the world, mm -hmm. uh, like end-of-life care. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Real knee slapper. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's all happening in an ICU. Mm -hmm. And the filmmaker just follows a, f a few families, like I think three or four families that have um, a patient, yeah. you know, basically on their deathbed mm -hmm. and their, their decision making at that time, you know. Um, mm -hmm. They're following a, a doctor, a female doctor and, uh, um, and a, a, what is it called? A nurse, right? Mm -hmm. I was going to say assistant because that's what you would call in Romanian. Really? Whatever. That's what you guys call nurses? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So there's not like a term for... No, it is. It's it's assistenta medicale, which is medical, medical assistant. assistant. Yeah. yeah. But you guys just have oh. the word nurse as opposed to a medical assistant, you know. Right. Yeah, in Spanish it's enfermero. Okay. So we, ha we have a, a, a enfermier as well, but that usually means... That's not... It's the male. Oh, well, I guess enfermero would be male nurse, enfermera would be female nurse, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Anyways, um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so that's Going off on a tangent there. Yeah, just a little language lesson. <laughs> Back to extremists. Right, so you see not only the struggle that the families go through, you know, with deciding whether or not to take their family member off, you know, life support, but also the doctors, the, the doctor, this particular doctor and nurse, and you, you see them actually, you know, struggle with it and struggle with how they're gonna let them know. And sometimes they don't even know if they're, they would know what decision to make. You know, mm -hmm. it's usually elderly patients. There's one woman who is, uh, who is 38 and it's just heartbreaking and oh, she's God. just having a really hard time She's conscious of what's going on, so she's having a really hard time making a decision, you know. For herself? For herself, yeah. Oh my god. To be taken off life support and all that. It is like, it's really gut-wrenching and terrible, and I cried so much oh, <laughs> watching this my god. very short film. But it's it's probably one of the most powerful films I've seen, and it's because it's obviously it just strikes a chord with everybody. You know, everybody yeah. has under underwent or will unfortunately go through something like that. And yeah. for me particularly, um, it just reminded me of the whole ordeal with my grandmother. Mm. You know, and I just couldn't see her in that hospital bed. She died of Alzheimer's. Um, and she was hospitalized for a while and you know just that whole setting it was like a big trigger for me yeah and how the family was gathered all around and they were you know they were dealing with it like all the patients were they were on ventilators so they couldn't talk but they were conscious of what was going on right and it's such the pinpointed moments and you know 
dialogue and everything it's so short and to the point but it's, it's just extremely powerful and it's extremely raw yeah you know and it is amazing when filmmakers are able to go into that super sensitive situation God, yeah. and show it the way they do, they do that is to me like the the biggest skill a documentary filmmaker can have like i i know this is such a cliche but to be that fly on the wall to be almost imperceptible and to be accepted right in a situation like that like i don't know how they do it i would like to be in that room and see how they do it i know because i think it's such a particular skill and it's absolutely amazing like you have these pe these moments that are etched in time that we're always going to have access to and they're just so important i can't imagine doing a movie about that and i think it would be very very hard to not feel like exploitative mm -hmm. you know i think I, I feel like a filmmaker covering that subject would you would have to have a very strong sense of purpose in showing this yeah you know because i i myself the kind of guilt i carry mm -hmm. i don't think i could do it i don't I, think i could do I it would, i would i would be too aware of their feelings and what they need at that crucial mm -hmm. moment you know yeah um to be able to film them you know i mean mm -hmm. it is it's almost kind of like that diane arbus thing you know mm -hmm. where she would do these photographs have you ever, you know who Diane uh, yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. She was this photographer. I mean, I think she's pretty famous, but she was a photographer back in the 50s, I believe, who did a lot of pictures of people with abnormal lives, people that were sort of outside the mainstream, people who were considered freaks, mm -hmm. people with biological disfigurements and all kinds of things. But she would sort of photograph them, and her reasoning was showing the, the beauty in them, and and mm -hmm. the, what was so interesting about them, and yeah, and stuff like that. But she ended up killing herself, and some people sort of said that it had to do with this sort of guilt that she carried about like exploiting people. I don't know if that's true. Maybe yeah. she was just depressed. But yeah. I know I would have a problem. I mean. I don't know. I don't know. In her case, I feel like I don't. I think she has a pretty good, pretty good, uh, you know, statement for why that would be good. Because, mm -hmm. like she says, she's she's showing the beauty. You know. Yeah. She's showing people. You know. And I think it's mostly about showing the humanity. Yeah. I mean, just the real, you know, raw humanity. And I I, I thought this did a great job in showing that because. He, usually you don't see that in doctors and nurses as much you just see people who just do their jobs because their job is just so hard you but know so are they primarily talking to the people like in the the nurses the doctors or or are they talking to the people who are actually making these decisions the families the people all who are of dying? them all of them. oh really okay. i mean it's just kind of not, not talking to them at all they're just kind of documenting like they're not interviewing anybody oh, okay you know it's just documenting the situation and just being in the situation right oh yeah see i don't know like so but it, again they they do such a good job in capturing these moments that are you know show the humanity and the struggle with the decision and you see people leaning both ways you know mm -hmm. should we give it a shot like what if we give it a shot and like a miracle happens or like should we just not do this to her should we just you know right like not put her through this you know you know artificial process for for what just to you know have a few more months of this miserable life you know mm -hmm. and you that's what i thought it was interesting because he was showing the filmmaker i don't know i think it was a he uh sometimes the torment of the doctor you know right because she didn't know what, what what was best to recommend, you know. Yeah, yeah they can't sometimes really you don't know. make that decision for you, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it is not black and white at all. Like, no. they could recover, they could not. Like, it could just be a miserable situation or it could be, you know, it could get better. And yeah. it's all in the hands of the family, you mm -hmm. know. Mm-hmm.
So it, huh. you know, and you see them breaking down at one point. Oh God! You know, you see the doctor breaking down. It's just, it's just too much, and I get it. Like I don't know, like they are the strongest people on earth, just having to deal with this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It was it was a, a weird comfort that I got afterwards, like the next day after I've seen it, because that <laughs> night I was just like. I just felt so bad remembering my grandmother and everything. Mm. But the next day I just I felt so much better because I feel you know you just you know that's again a super big cliche but seeing other people going through this you realize oh everybody goes through this. Yeah. Everybody goes through these decisions. Absolutely. And you realize you're not alone in it and you know. Yeah. It's it's definitely one of these situations that everybody relates to right you know and even you, if you haven't gone through it like just just seeing it so raw and knowing that you will eventually and we all fear it yeah we all you haven't you but know. but it, again it was like this the strange humanity that this movie brought you know mm -hmm. it also brought like a strange feeling of comfort of like Nobody's above it. Nobody's ready for it. Not even the doctors are ready for it. Yeah. You know, sometimes even they break down. Yeah. You know, and you really, there is a strange comfort in feeling the kinship with mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. You know. And yeah, I don't know. It is. I know this is like again super knee slapper. It's. Uh, no, but it's like we said. I think last week we were talking about it. Like, that's. That is the the service that a movie like this serves is to let you know you're not alone, you know. Yeah. And to to go back to the Diane Arbus analogy, a lot of the people she photographed were happy to have those photographs taken mm -hmm. because they were acknowledged. Yeah, they in were a different way, and not in a circus type of situation. It's the same reason. It's the same reason why people go. Somebody, you know, I, I was hearing on an interview that like. You know, they do these roast battles and shit, these comedy shows. Mm -hmm. I don't like those. I don't really like that kind of comedy or whatever, you know. It's just not my thing. To me, it just it feels mean, yeah, you know, it is and mean. I don't really see the purpose in it. Yeah. But I guess there is some, I mean, I don't think, that, <laughs> there's a very, whatever little purpose it has is in sort of like, maybe discussing each other, maybe taking a people's sense of humor of themselves and, mm -hmm. and kind of being able to stuff, but... um but something I heard in an interview kind of stuck out as an example of this and and uh, the guy who was running it, the comedian Jeff Ross or whatever was talking about this situation where a woman came up and she had like one leg mm -hmm. and and she wanted to be roasted you know mm -hmm. and so he roasted like ten things about her before he even got to the leg he was saying because there was like other things about her that were interesting Yeah. and from her point of view it's like I want to be like everybody else yeah. You know, and the thing is, I I got a little sense of this when I was going through a tragic situation mm -hmm. and the way people treat you mm -hmm. and they kind of like they don't really want to talk about anything with you yeah. because you're going through so much. I don't want to bother you, but you don't you're all you want is to feel normal for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, you don't want to feel like the person whose family member died or whatever went through tragedy. You know, like you just want to mm -hmm. feel normal so you can get away from that, you know? Yeah. Um, or just to just feel better or just to be a part of life, you know? And when, when people are sort of avoiding you mm -hmm. because, oh, I don't want to talk about it, you know, like I might be offensive or whatever. It's just like, well, you're a dick now because now you're making me feel bad, you know? But you know what? It's this whole culture lately that, you know, all this stuff about triggers, you know, triggering, everybody's fucking triggered by everything. So I feel like everybody is like trying to be super careful about things, you know? And I feel like people have to like relearn how to act normally around people with issues, not just people who lost family members, but people with like a lot of different issues, you know? I think that's, that's the key, is not, because what's being talked about is like, oh, you have trigger stuff. You need to grow the fuck up, and so I, I can, I can be as offensive and shitty as I want. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, that's not it. Yeah. The point is that we need to talk about that. Yeah. You know, like we need to talk about what's triggering you mm -hmm. and what I'm saying, 
and find a way to talk. You yeah. Know? Not not be like you're fucking you're a snowflake and I'm you know king of the sh- fucking world. You know. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like it's called for. I, I feel like that's why that's coming up. You know, mm-hmm. because it's both sides are legitimate. Like something bothers you, that's legitimate. Yeah. But it's also legitimate that I can talk about something. Yeah, exactly. So clearly I need to find a a way to talk about it mm-hmm. that, you know, can be heard. And then you need to realize that other people are going to say stuff, you know? Yeah. And they're not going to mean it in the way you think they're meaning it and things like that. But you can't shut them down. And, I, and honestly, I think it's inflated how many people actually want that. I think, I think... I think the right is, or not even the right, or just the people who are very, think there's PC culture run amok and all this shit. Mm-hmm. I think they inflate the amount of people who are, who are like trying to shut people down for their views. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I really think it's such a small amount of people. I haven't heard anybody, like I hear people all the time not agreeing with people. Yeah. But they're acting like people, like these PC people are trying to take their freedom of speech away. And it's just like, Dude, that maybe there's like a handful of those people. But, yeah, but they're very they're, vocal, though. This is why, you know. I, I hear tons of people pissed off. Of, they're saying trigger warnings. They're saying this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't hear them saying there shouldn't be freedom of speech. Oh, yeah, no. And no. that's what they're saying. That's what the, the right is saying, that mm-hmm. they're saying freedom of speech. Dude, I well, grew up... Well, they're always blowing everything out of proportion. And I grew up in a, a state... Where saying hell was a bad word, mm-hmm. okay, and these were Repu- Christian Republicans telling me this. So if you're gonna tell me that the left is trying to shut down freedom of speech or is PC, yeah. please, yeah, go where I grew up. Talk about hypocrisy. You know, so obviously there's people. Uh, we've drifted off the conversation here, but there's people of both sides who are way too too uptight about language. Yeah. And we all need to come back in the middle where we can talk about these things mm-hmm. and in a way and and listen, you know, yeah. and, and hear the other side. Sometimes it's good to be triggered. Like, I was triggered by this documentary. <laughs> you know, it right. brought up all this, all this, all these memories that I didn't really want to deal with again. You know, yeah. and it didn't feel good, but it, you know, at the end of it, it made me realize some things that you know made me feel better. Yeah. So I think that is important. Sometimes you need to confront these triggering, quote unquote, right. you know, things in you and see what is up with that and figure it out and man up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I, I, it sounds like a really, 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 really intense opportunity to kind of look at the darkest parts of life, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that's very interesting. I mean, I I totally feel you on the trigger thing. I mean, I'm sure I'd be a bucket of snowflake tears at the end of it. But, um, yep. wow, that's really intense. So extremists, extremes, extremists, <laughs> extremists, extremists is a documentary, short form documentary, and you can see it on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. And then also the same with uh, Best of Enemies. You can check that out on Netflix. So that will be our show for today. We're at Ooh. almost a full hour, or so. Wow. Yeah. All that trigger talk. All yeah, a little trigger happy today. <laughs> but again, you can go to our Facebook page, find us. It's called Suck My Doc on Facebook, and we'll be posting about these uh, films. And you know, give us your recommendation. If there's something that we ha- you know you want to hear us discuss, a documentary that you think would be great for a conversation, let us know there. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you like you know these documentaries or have opinions on them or think we're terribly wrong about all these things mm-hmm. we're happy to uh discuss them on our facebook page definitely you can also find me at at colin underscore blair on twitter if you want to hit me up there there you go but yeah until then we will um see you next week with an all new episode of suck my dog oh did you say whether you're are you sucking this dog or are you uh Oh, I'm definitely sucking stock. Okay, so yeah. Gabby is sucking extremists. But I'm crying. While sucking while it. While sucking it. Oh, yeah. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it, folks. It's a double suck day. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> we will see you next week with two new document, different documentaries. Mm-hmm. And until then, I'm Colin Blair. And I'm Gabby Blair. Have a great week. Treat each other nice. Be nice out there. Listen to people. Yeah. And take a deep breath. Exactly. It's all going to be okay. Suck. Bye. Bye. My doc. Suck. My doc. Suck my doc.